Hi everyone. My name is Pankaj Mishra and I'll be your host for the SaaS Bhumi podcast. Over the next episodes, I'll be bringing deep conversations with SaaS founders, product builders, technologists, designers, investors and people who are shaping India's SaaS ecosystem. So stay tuned and keep listening. I'm very excited to welcome Suresh Sambandham, uh, who is uh, founder of Kiss Flow, uh, Orange Scape, of course, and uh, one of the uh, essential building blocks of the SaaS community in India, uh, and someone I must admit who I have uh, seen uh, keep things energetic, uh, you know, help people stay connected, and and quite a live wire. Uh, Suresh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, hi, uh, Pankaj. Great, great meeting you here. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the uh, kind intro. Yeah. Well, not the best of the times, uh, Suresh, given uh, the context we are in. But uh, I also thought that this is a good opportunity for us to kind of do a deep dive, uh, have conversations with entrepreneurs like you to find out, uh, you know, the rays of hope, uh, the, uh, you know, the learnings and, and so on. So, you know, pleasure is mine. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so Suresh, to start with, uh, why don't you, uh, you know, give us a sense of where you come from and why are you an entrepreneur at all, you know, in first place? <laughs> That's actually a very long story. I, uh, I have a very unusual uh, personal career. Um, uh, most entrepreneurs them, uh, you know, are, but uh, mine I felt is uh, somewhat uh, uh, very different. I actually didn't have a chance to go to uh, school, uh, uh, to college after school. So I had to finish my regular college at 12th standard. Um, and then I had to run my father's business for a few years and then started my first company when I was 19. I ran it for three years. I didn't realize that I am starting a company uh it all went like uh, fun stuff um uh, and then uh, worked for uh, eight years uh, in uh, hewlett packard and a silicon valley company called selectica in the rule engine space um and then started uh, orangecape now kissflow uh 15 years ago so that's the shortest personal introduction I've ever given. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, so that actually uh, how I started. So so looking back, I I actually feel uh, this entrepreneurial uh, bug has been there uh, in me right from my young age. Looks like uh, it's just that uh, it it came out uh, when the opportunity was there when I my previous company. Uh, I was heading a big division, uh, building a product for insurance space, and that division got ac- acquired by Accenture. And that mm-hmm. I felt was a was a good timing to sort of uh, not go join Accenture and then start uh, doing something on my own. So these are the sort of sequence of events that um, that led me to start. And I always, always when I was working at HP as well as when I was working in Selectica, I've always been very uh, entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial, what they call. Um, did things pretty much on my own, never asked for permission, uh, did a lot of stuff and then showed to people and always had the encouragement. I was in good company. 
uh, at least I, I i didn't know there was anything called bad company so so all of this uh, uh, you know i i, I just uh, just ran by the moment and uh, enjoyed like that's all i that's that's all I <laughs> these are all essential traits of being an entrepreneur if i if i may say so <laughs> yeah so that's why i don't know like uh, like what does make an entrepreneur i don't know how to answer that question it just like it happens happen to me <laughs> okay so give us uh, a sense of how did orangescape happen uh, you know also what were the some of the core building blocks uh, both in terms of product and uh, you know why did you uh, you know build it the way you built it sure uh, can you take us through that journey sure so actually uh, it's a good one um, although i didn't uh, i didn't go to college uh, i finished 12th standard and then uh, i started my career but i was very deeply technical uh, technical to the extent that i have three us patents uh, so my first uh, patent was in uh, in some encryption technology and the second uh, when i was in hp uh, and the second one was in the rule engine space uh, so i started working in the rule engine space um, when i was in hp and built uh, one of the most uh, sophisticated rule engine technologies for vodafone uh, during uh, analog cell phone network era right so there was no digital gsm there, there is no gsm and then forget 2g 3g and all right so we are talking pre gsm stage <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so but i was a very very hardcore technologist uh, and i got fascinated by rule based computing uh, which we call as like the precursor to today's artificial intelligence based uh, thing that we are talking today right so that's really uh, what rule engine uh, that's that's how i started my career uh, and then i wanted to build on top of it so when i left hp and joined selectica i also joined selectica which is a rule engine company as well so that actually built a solid 8 years of foundation on rule based computing at that time uh, i was still uh, like an employee figuring out using technology using for customers but around the time when accenture acquisition happened i started uh, is just coincidence uh, that uh, uh, you know accenture happened and then i started but even before accenture happened we were always wondering you know why rule engine technology is supposed to be uh, for non business users for non technical users who doesn't know how to code but write business rules and then the technology is supposed to uh, you know make it simple for them but in reality none of the non technical users are even ever able to come near a rule engine because the rule engine complexity is so bloody complex it requires very sophisticated programmers to actually configure the rule engine so we said you know what this is mad uh, and i felt there was an opportunity to simplify that and we started the company around democratizing rule based computing and taking it to the masses and that's really how we founded orangescape right mm-hmm. uh, but at that time we never realized this is such an audacious uh, task and and we always felt uh, everything is easy to do right 
but it took four years for me to first figure out the technology and by the time i figured out the technology we realized we didn't understand what's a market and what's a product <laughs> we, we sort of solved the technology and it took four years for me to understand so from 2004 onwards to 2008 we have become technically we know how to solve this problem but we haven't understood market we haven't understood uh, you know category we haven't understood uh, you know you know all of that so so we had to sort of we came very close to closing the company and then and the second time uh, we got the timing right we were in cloud and we pivoted and then went into cloud um, we got some timing and some sort of category right because we positioned ourselves as a platform as a service um, and then did the same thing right it's, it's we didn't change anything <laughs> it's the same idea same problem same thing but uh, it is like you know going at it one more time and then uh, we did it on for another 3 4 years uh, by the time we only discovered that uh, uh, the category that we chose which is platform as a service itself sort of evaporated and it was premature uh, <laughs> so second time we got bitten and then in 2012 we pivoted again to a category we took 20% of whatever we built as the entire platform as a service and uh, took the workflow portion alone and launched kissflow as a keep it simple stupid workflow software right mm. uh, which is like less than 20% of the original idea right and uh, the inspiration also came from the fact that although we built a huge platform people were using this portion again and again uh, the little bit of customers we had uh, before kissflow mm. um, and then it all took off because we picked a category like workflow software which smbs need and it we, we picked the cloud and saas and then the saas was taking off and the product was simple we doesn't we didn't require uh, a lot of field sales uh, we priced it affordable so we can use digital marketing and go after the whole world with with all these pieces coming together we finally put all the pieces together technology marketing category product uh, you know minimum viable product pricing um, you know all the pieces it took like nearly 8 years to learn uh, all of the uh, like digital marketing uh, inside sales all of this step by step by step by trial and error and finally it took 8 years for me to assemble all of this together for making kissflow successful now we have uh, more than 10000 customers and million users across 160 countries uh, wow. but it was uh, it was uh, not easy <laughs> but it was fun it was not easy but it was fun I, never in my life i felt except for one uh, one two month period where it was the worst period of my entrepreneurial journey uh, which was in uh, 2013 april to 2000 june uh, 13 june other than that period uh, i never have felt anything bad it was always fun i had great employees a uh, great core team member go a great leadership team we stayed to me together we, we, our leadership team we have stayed together together for 15 years now uh, wow so people haven't left me uh, and we have become like family together and uh, it it feels so very uh, humbling uh, that this has happened <laughs> you know it it is uh, suresh really humbling long painful slow burn if i may say that Yeah. you know and, and these these journeys actually have a lot of learnings yeah. you know before i i move uh, to another question i wanted to help you take us through the few months you are talking about which were 
what you describe as the worst period of entrepreneurship. And it is not to uh, dig into uh, something unpleasant, uh, Suresh, because uh, it is also to understand uh, how did you come out of it, uh, and which is, I think, more important to learn from. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't have a problem in sharing it. Um, the unpleasantness happened, uh, uh, a combination of many things, actually. Um, primarily to start with uh, one mistake that I made, uh, which actually sort of uh, created uh, what is called as uh, like the ripple effect, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so like uh, the the origin, the the trigger for that happened between me and my co-founder who who, who left after 2013, because mm-hmm. we were together uh, for 10 years. Uh, from 2000, uh, like 13 years, actually. So he was, uh, I, he was, his first job was in my team in my, my previous company. So we worked there for four years together. And then when we mm. started Orenscape, he came and joined me. So from 2004 to 2013, so another like nine, ten years. So we knew each other for like 13 years, <laughs> right? And we had a lot of good relationship, but. I think like anything else, looks like over years this also has gone. Meaning we have we have, for, for out of the thirteen years, I should definitely say like for la- twelve years have been absolutely phenomenal. Maybe during mm-hmm. the last year there has been like things are not going well. Um, we probably started thinking like whether uh, I have enough clue in running this company, making this company bigger, which which is a fair thing because we spent like ten, eight years, nine years, and we haven't you know gone anywhere right it's a a fair point so i think it's probably started losing confidence in me we started having difference of opinions and uh, probably a little bit fighting here and there Uh, but um, uh, some some play some points where we cross boundaries in sort of accusing each other probably which was uh, you know stupid uh, if i have to think about it retrospectively uh, <laughs> stupid and immaturity uh, on both uh, both our parts um, mostly on my part uh, i would probably take that blame a lot more than um, the other person uh, but but what happened is i never thought he will this will eventually leave him to sort of leave the company so i was always thinking oh, oh we are still fighting hopefully we can overcome this and you know stuff mm-hmm. like that. But but before that, we had just raised a million dollars uh, from um, from Angel Network. Uh, mm-hmm. So that that happened like a year ago. So I didn't keep my um, my uh, board updated. Of this, there is some sort of a founder disagreement that's going on because I mm-hmm. personally felt uh, that this is something that I can overcome, and I don't think. This will be so scary that somebody will leave, right? So, mm. so I never uh, update, <laughs> you know, brought it to my board's attention. That is the that's one big mistake I have done. Uh, but I was in the US, and one fine morning, uh, my co-founder decided to leave without telling uh, me, and just sent one email to everybody. I was sitting in the US, he was in Chennai, and then said, you know, this is my last day, and he just sort of. Uh, left the company so <laughs> that was like totally a shocker right mm-hmm. and i was like scrambling through to see like how to react no this is a totally unexpected and then just called my board and say no this happened and then board lost uh, confidence in me mm-hmm. and i said you know what this is a loss of beach of trust and all of that which which i i do agree uh, somebody mm-hmm. would be uh, thinking that way uh, so yeah i think that was the that was the time and uh, uh, there was like 
the investors were trying to take over by getting another board seat and all of that i have to wrestle that back fight it back and somehow rebuild the confidence that i am able to build it back and uh, build build the company back um, all of that so luckily we didn't uh, have a lot of uh, we, we only have diluted 9% of the company at that time Ooh, wow <laughs> so 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 i still uh, had a lot of control in the company uh, so so we worked hard um and then um after 6 months the company started growing uh the original uh, original 15 people who stayed back uh, who, who had the confidence in me but uh, the very interesting and very humbling experience is that when, after my co-founder left uh, mm. none of the people actually left oh nice <laughs> so they everybody else stayed um uh, but the my board basically thought uh, that lot of people will leave and i'll be having nothing to be the team won't be there uh, you know the, and all of that so which is a very natural scare so so after 6 months we came out and the same board came back and told me you know what it was like seeing phoenix uh, coming out of the ashes and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when uh, i was very happy to hear that uh, that's how this whole episode ended uh So yeah so that was the the two month period april may june july something like that uh, was when all these uh, you know crazy things were happening but we were uh, in fact i actually wanted to say something one of the things which is very very shocking for me was mm-hmm. i actually felt lot more uh uh um you know the reason for the success is because uh, i always felt complacent that i had a co-founder oh right i i never realized it that way this is a very different insight i got i always felt you know what i am responsible for sales and marketing and he is responsible for product and technology and all of that so he was uh, like a technical co-founder right so actually uh, meaning originally uh, so that is how it was uh, we were split the responsibility but because of that i've always never uh, there is uh, this this whole thing that connects between technology product and marketing and sales and everything is one fully connected uh, system and somehow mm. we have been missing that mm. and uh, we have been operating in isolation with confidence and trust that each the other party will take care of the rest of the two one person will take care of the uh, the balance too right so the, this is how we have been splitting but and fundamentally that seems to be the flaw hmm. Hmm. and once once uh, he decided to go what really happened was i had to worry about technology product sales marketing when i then i had to take control of that because there is nothing else there's no other go actually right yeah <laughs> but then i saw the interconnection and the things that we were missing hmm. and we were actually wiring them correctly and we are bu- we are not building the Uh, the wrong features or the no- wrong product we are worrying about usability we are worrying about why sales is not closing and then fixing that in the product immediately because it's all related to features so this whole thing i'm able to i was able to see end to end with one integrated view and which i truly believe the success of kissflow is uh, is owed to that uh, integrated view so mm. so i actually after after that i felt uh, although there will be a team of co-founders it is important 
whoever is like the captain of the ship need not be the ceo uh, hmm. but somebody is going to be the captain of the ship uh, but that person needs to have this integrated view of this whole uh, perspective about uh, product uh, sales marketing and how it all interconnects and uh, i think that was a very deeper uh, insight i got from this uh, big uh, episode actually wow this is amazing uh, suresh and i think the way you put it across is so simple to understand uh, and what you are saying makes actually a lot of sense now now going forward uh, if i were to break uh, your journey with kissflow uh, orange scape in in two parts now one is the whole product journey uh and wherein you are talking about lot of learnings and it would be good to kind of get into that and and capture the whole saas wave and 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 how did your product you know ride that wave in that sense and the second aspect uh, suresh which i have heard a lot from people is the culture uh, that you build in your organization the whole organization building block thing so so let's now do uh, you know take these two threads and maybe start with the product itself suresh you know you're talking about this integrated approach but at what time uh, the product started becoming really the product and and take me through the core building blocks yeah actually um the the product really became product uh, uh see the the what do you call uh the uh, the bulb moment right <laughs> the bulb moment happened for us when uh, we sold it to a, a large uh, uh company enterprise company before kissflow this is okay mm-hmm. uh, and we sold it for uh, close to 75 or 60000 dollars something like that right 70000 dollars mm-hmm. and that was big money uh, we were a small company at the time and this was a uk based uh, uh, biscuit manufacturing company which we all know it's called unibake yeah of course <laughs> so yeah so we we sold it to them and there was a uh, there is a cio there and uh, so we sold it uh, and we i had to go to uk met him and then um, we were uh, talking about how we would roll out and all of that and then he opens his laptop and then shows a, a beautiful sleek ui that he made that needs to be slapped on top of uh, orangecape platform mm-hmm. and they were building a workflow the complete they're going to use the orangecape platform to completely automate their internal workflows that was before kissflow okay mm-hmm. we didn't ha- did, we, we don't have the workflow product yet but our, the the base platform itself can do workflow as well right uh, we, we had the full platform not just a specialized workflow platform so mm. and then i was very uh, excited to see that the customer went ahead and uh, did this and all of that and then i asked him how much did you spend for this i was expecting like 5000 10000 he said 100000 dollars so that was a shock because it is close to two times uh, uh two times the price of our product roughly <laughs> and he spent into the design team and he invested in it uh, some company from europe came in and developed that and then that was actually a is a, a rude shock for us right because 
we are selling our whole product for like 60 70000 and this guy is just doing the ux and ui for 100000 there is something here and we all have to scramble and understand what's going on and that really made us uh, take a deep look and figure out and think about you know what this is uh, uh, this whole thing is uh, around uh, the minimum functionalities not about the comprehensiveness and a tremendous user experience so so this is um, this was the turning point for us uh, when the product really became the product right uh, so and then we ended up uh, building uh, you know something like kisflow it was also triggered by around the time a lot of things happened for us uh, so around the time google came by right and they said they wanted to build a workflow add on to google g suite wow <laughs> uh, and they said can we oem orangecape and can you make it google workflow <laughs> and we said okay we will then we put together a term sheet and all of that and then we started building uh, this internally code named product called flow which is uh, triggered by two things right one is this uh, unibic experience plus this google I wanted to build this OEM product which we will roll into Google G Suite um uh, and then we internally code named it as Flow and we built it for like 9 months uh to to a year i think around uh, 2011 we started and we built it till 2012 so a year or so and then what happens uh, there is a big reorg happens the guy who did all the term sheet and everything with us we are about to sign it he just disappears from the org <laughs> oh. oh my god <laughs> right and 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 you know so then we got again scrambled together and said you know what we have done all of these things we're going to take a chance and then go ahead and release it and then um, we ran an internal competition among our employees and then we said you know what how do we name it and one guy so asked this question what is the single most uh, you know attribute of uh, of this product and then we said it's going to be very very simple anybody can use it right uh, and then he said you know what there is this concept called kiss principle uh, uh, keep it simple stupid and we can combine flow uh, and internally it was called flow at that time code name and then we combined kiss and flow and we called it kiss flow and that's how we have kiss flow and today it has become a very memorable brand because of that yeah oh, wow <laughs> that's fascinating what a what a journey to have uh, in building a product like this today yeah. wonderful Yeah. I mean you come to think about it uh what you talked about uh, a large company like Google and and then things don't go the way you expect but you still come out with a product which is successful now right yeah <laughs> no i think uh, it's just that you just don't give up i i guess at the at the end of the day uh i think you you figure out how to pivot and somehow uh get to the destination that you want you start out to go reach somewhere right and there will be a lot of detours and stuff like that but you somehow have to reach the summit i think that probably uh differentiates uh uh a good entrepreneurs from the rest i guess <laughs> uh suresh there is there is also a lot of uh, emphasis from from i have noticed from your side and and from even from case flow point of view i have noticed when i visited your office on the whole ux uh, ui and and design right uh, i'm sure a lot has gone into it but what are your core principles uh, when you think of ux or ui or visual design 
because you know you talked about that customer you met uh, who showed you and you were blown away but i'm trying to under- it looks like it is one of the very core pillars of everything you are building so where are you bringing it all and and what are your uh, first principles uh, so i don't know whether you know uh, this guy uh, uh, called alan k uh, of course i have interviewed him alan k <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> so Alan K, uh, has this fame, our UX principles. Uh, he has this famous quote and it is written uh, in, in big walls in our office. Uh, that's our core guiding principle uh, on UX and user experience. It's called simple things should be simple and complex things should be possible. When you're building, wow. when, when you're building a product, right uh when somebody starts using the product it should look very simple and easy and you know just get hooked up and use it but then as they as they dig deeper they should be able to do lot more complex and sophisticated things it's like peeling an onion <laughs> and as you go and go and go uh, layers of feature starts coming uh out of the product but at the at the face of it it is not intimidating so this is the core design principle uh, and in fact even our core product philosophy uh, around kiss actually right the kiss uh, the kiss philosophy is deeply uh, rooted in this uh, this this approach of uh, keeping things things so simple but they they have the possibility of achieving complex things so that people don't leave our product after after some time because they keep discovering lot more ways to use our product so that's really hmm. the core tenet uh, based on which kissflow is built on <laughs> wow I, i did expect an answer but i didn't expect this answer <laughs> this yeah no this, this this makes it so so simple to understand suresh yeah uh, and and now i can relate with it because i i i see that in the way you talk and in the way your product comes out they all align very very tightly yeah i i think it i it's not my my i think it's not just my own thing i would say i should say because as a team like uh, we have a core team of like 7 to 10 people now and uh, as a team we believe in this and we work together in this and uh, uh, we we truly uh, uh, internalized this these ideas and uh, we don't have any uh, meaning everybody works around this core concept so i think uh, we have deeper conviction as a as a core team uh, on this principle so that's what makes it possible otherwise it, it won't work actually <laughs> okay so suresh now let's uh, shift gears and come to the other important aspect of uh, the the company itself and and your entrepreneurial journey which is organization building uh, the the culture uh, the dna of the organization so it would be good to understand from you your journey uh, in building uh, organization the culture and then maybe we can also talk about how are you steering your team and and everyone around you in this time of crisis because it's quite a test of culture yeah absolutely i i i 100% agree with you actually so if you ask me about culture i cannot 
avoid mentioning two important things. One is Hewlett Packard, HP, my first company. Mm-hmm. Uh, HP has this book called HP Way. Hmm. Uh, and this is actually called the Bible of corporate culture in Silicon Valley. In fact, all the Silicon Valley companies are built on HP Way uh, uh, is a modified version. They take HP Way, modify it, customize it and call it their own employee handbook. And including Google's 20% uh, personal time is is an idea that was copied from HP Way. Right. Mm. So, so, so HP actually taught me how to treat employees uh, and how to build a great culture. There are two uh, stories. Uh, I one is a personal one. Another one is actually a, a, a HP story. Right. So, uh, Dave Packard once uh, after six o'clock, right, he was in late in the office and he was trying to get something in office stationery, and mm-hmm. uh, it was locked. Uh, so he took a hammer and broke the door. And put a post-it, a big uh, post-it saying that we don't expect our employees to steal office stationery. Don't lock it, <laughs> right? And, and and that from that time onwards, um, HP has an open. I, I think now the HP culture is quite different, but this was the time when I was there. Um, it was a fantastic company, and uh, uh, the office stationery used to have very very expensive items, and it would get open <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Here is the personal experience out of this, right? So when I was working in HP, uh, they used to have something called a personal loan, which employees can take. And Mm -hmm. uh, my limit was 5 lakhs. And I'm talking about 1997. Wow. 5 lakhs in 1997 is a lot of money. Of course. And so this is how that process happened. I was was like shocked. Like 11 o'clock in the morning, I actually sent a mail to my uh, manager. His name is Madhya Aragan. He's one of my favorite managers. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he approved and CC'd HR and finance. And this was, mm-hmm. this was a thousand employee company at that time. Okay. It was not mm-hmm. a small company. Mm-hmm. And three o'clock at that time, HP had this automatic payment that goes from HP finance team to HSBC uh, online banking. They run this automatic batch processing at 3 o'clock and 3, 5 or 3, 10, the money is made in my bank account. No paper asked, no sign signature I have made anywhere, no paperwork, nothing. Just one email. Wow. And uh, they truly believed their employees and trusted them, right? And hmm. and uh, it, was, it was a fantastic experience. And that was, these are the things that actually... Uh, it built my uh, based on which I built my philosophy around uh, my culture and employees and company and all of that. And the second thing I wanted to talk about is a person called my ex boss, Ai Gondon. Um, he is my like godfather and uh, he I, he is my boss in the next company I joined. He, I met him in HP, uh, but then I never had a chance to work with him. But when he uh, started uh, running Selectica. I worked with him for four years and uh, he also taught me a lot of stuff in terms of how to build a company, uh, how to treat employees, how to build a team, um, you know, how do we do. Uh, uh, from him, I understood uh, the true meaning of trust, right? Hmm. Although I have a better way to articulate now, but at the time he said it in different words, but this is exactly what he said. Trust is not about honesty or being just truthful. Trust is like a 
double sided coin you need to have competency and character right wow you cannot you won't trust anyone who doesn't have competency like you can't trust a doctor who is not a good doctor so you need a doctor who is a good doctor as well as an honest doctor who's not going to rip you off right yeah. so trust is uh, is something like these these kind of core concepts i've actually understood very deeply and internalized it uh, uh, through the time i spent in selectica so there we used to we first uh, embarked on this uh, journey called uh, building a learning organization based on this book called the fifth discipline mm-hmm. uh, by peter senge and mm-hmm. uh, it was facilitated by a person called ms jayaraman who's a management consultant who did an amazing job i, I actually read that book three times or four times uh, <laughs> difficult book very difficult to read book it was like some 400 500 pages but it it is like a bible if you want to build a sustainable learning organization which is heavily rooted on deep culture right so uh, and then um, when we started orenscape we built around around uh, the core concept of this discipline a learning organization but we picked up uh, um, good to great from um, sure carry on it's okay yeah so the good to great book uh, so that was an amazing book and we read as a team we read it together now we actually meet every week we have a all hands meeting the entire company although your company has become big and we call that program called g2g good to great uh, mm. because we always believe just like amazon says it's day one right we always believe there is so much from where we are which is like in a good place we are but we there is so much from here to go to a great place right and that's a never ending journey so we have this all hands meeting every every single friday 5:30 to 6:30 even even during this corona times we do it using zoom or uh, some google meet or some video conference so all <laughs> employees jump in and talk about it we share our experience and all of that and then we also built uh, a core group called orenscape uh, core group of 50 members uh, for middle managers we built this program called uh, orenscape leadership program Uh, so every mm-hmm. every month we meet for half a day in a in a five star four star hotel start at 4 o'clock go through a leadership topic spend together bond together four hours finish it at 8 o'clock in the evening have dinner break go home right so every month we meet once uh, and then we do you know yearly twice uh, you know what do you call all company outing to to have, bring bonding and uh, you know build relationship with the rest of the companies uh, and then we ran recently a program called five seats of power uh, mm-hmm. which is um, how in, uh, internally employees can uh, you know unleash their personality and combine uh, other people's personality together and then make a great working environment so so we invest a lot in culture in fact we have a dedicated person uh, with the title called culture shepherd uh mm-hmm. he finished his uh, phd in organizational behavior in iit madras and he came on board and he's been with us for the last 3 4 years now 3 years at least and he's interested in orenscapes or kisflows culture wow. is a full time job right <laughs> uh so we actually take culture pretty 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 seriously and we have invested money and effort and uh, energy heavily in building the culture of the company hmm. so how how are the current uh, you know how is the current environment testing this culture give me an insight uh, into this today i 
actually i'm i'm uh, right now the corona environment has not really impacted us honestly and that actually is the is the standing proof of the culture i guess because uh, when we went to start doing 100% work from home like close to 3 three weeks now 3 and 4th week in fact right mm. we uh, we expected like a 20% or 30% dip in productivity mm-hmm. but i we are seeing something completely different we are seeing like a 30% increase in productivity wow <laughs> <laughs> and that was pleasant surprise because people know what they are doing they have a good relationship they have the good trust and uh, they have clarity in their objectives um, all of that came because of of consistent effort in investing in uh, culture uh, and um, continuously talking to employees every week meeting them everybody knows everybody else um so they can go across to talk anybody else cut across organizational boundaries no uh, no uh, no reason to go stick within your hierarchy all of this is helping us a lot uh, in a situation like work from home because you you if you try to do follow the traditional hierarchical model you are going to take a long time to get responses Hmm. Uh, especially in a work from home uh, paradigm so you need to figure out a way by which everybody can talk to everybody get whatever information they need to get to get their work done right so it hmm. means that you cannot go through your manager for everything right so you should hmm. be able to talk to your manager's peer manager and then get something that you want right so which is very important and possible only if you have invested in that kind of a culture no that that's very well said very very well said suresh uh, the other aspect of culture is uh, so for example in times like these uh, the anxiety uh, or job losses or all of these questions that employees have right so i don't know if in your journey with orange scape you have had situations wherein you had to have tough conversations or uncomfortable conversations but what is what is your learning from from there uh, how to have such conversations if someone is trying to uh, approach uh, that kind of a you know uh, conversation yeah we have had such uh, conversations we had to do two times i actually in my personal career i have done uh three such uh, difficult conversations one was a fiasco that was in my previous company in 2001 uh, time frame when there was a recession right mm-hmm. uh, there was a huge recession post uh, the y2k issue right so it was an economic downturn at that time my previous company just hired some 60 70 people and we had to lay off all the 60 70 people we just hired mm-hmm. them right and then the whole thing changed and then we had to hire them and it was like everybody was literally crying uh, and these are people who left uh, from uh, you know very good jobs and started uh, joining uh, this hopeful new uh, you know venture and then it, uh, it all backfired uh, that was a fiasco situation but um, there are two other times that we had to handle it within uh, my my com- entrepreneurial journey in my company one was in 2008 we had another economic recession another one was in 2012 13 uh, during this um, this bad patch i talked about yeah, uh, yeah. in both the times uh, it wasn't difficult actually we 
we did it very very gracefully we explained to people what is the issue that we are growing going through of course it was it was not easy for the persons uh, uh, who are going through that problem um, we had to find uh, alternate arrangements for them financially support them to get through that uh, and all of that right so so we managed that the last two my personal experiences were very very well the first one was a fiasco um now we are faced with the c19 corona <laughs> covid impact um right now we are uh, the one thing that we have done is we have we have sort of uh, halted our hiring uh trying to take stock of what's going to happen uh we we of course we don't want to do any layoffs <laughs> sure so uh but i think if it comes to a critical economic uh, downturn then we would probably resort to collectively taking a pay cut uh, rather than sending off people that's what uh i would think my team would prefer and personally i would prefer but i would still ask everyone else <laughs> but i my mm-hmm. hope is that they will go for it Sure, sure. No, I got speed with that, and I hope it doesn't go that far. Yeah, I hope uh, so. <laughs> on a more final note, uh, Suresh, uh, you are also someone who is not just an active participant in the SaaS community, SaaS boomy, but you are also someone who is playing uh, a ecosystem role at another level altogether, right? So, can you spend some time talking about? how did this community of saas founders come together and what where do you think this is going uh, can you spend uh, final few minutes talking about sure the community itself sure sure my my personally my community contribution started in 2007 that is when i had to mention that because that is when i met avinash <laughs> and avinash and me are partners in crime for 2007 onwards which is 13 years another 13 years of community journey that i have traveled with him so i was in he was in nascom i was I just joined nascom at the time and we were mm-hmm. trying to get the product initiative um, kicked off at the time it was subhash menon from subex who was heading the product forum for nascom mm-hmm. and then uh, it was sort of little uh, it wasn't going anywhere and then sharad came in and then Uh, we had a lot of energy we were able to double down and from 2008 2009 to 2011 12 we mm-hmm. built uh, uh npc right nascom product conclave uh and that was that i was part of the core team which was called the black shirts the 10 people who actually built the nascom product conclave uh mm. so i was part of one of that and that was a phenomenal run and that group we still t- stay together we still have a, a whatsapp group uh <laughs> and we, we actually turned around and uh, put the uh, stake in the ground for product story in india and that uh, that belongs to that group and i was very very proud to be part of that group and then when nascom is still not investing very much on the product time uh, we had to spin off and start i spirit i was part of the 30 member group which actually started i spirit hmm. uh and then we ran uh, ispirit for quite few few years uh and it's still ispirit is going on but then we had to go and do, do something specially for saas companies and that's when girish myself krish manav avinash we we started uh, feeling that we need to invest and there is a huge opportunity for us to uh, this product thing 
unless we pivot and make it some sort of a vertical specific initiative like for example mm-hmm. if you really look at the silicon valley the silicon valley is going after all the you know uh, flying cars and the latest and the greatest technologies right mm-hmm. uh, but if you look at israel israel is going for mm-hmm. uh, like all the uh, what a military technology you know mili- you know encryption and you know Uh, all that uh, cyber security and all of that so so every ecosystem is starting to specialize on something so that they can actually differentiate from uh, everybody else and we felt yeah. if india can specialize on saas because we have a very very unique advantage because our it services uh, you know uh, ecosystem has the b2b domain knowledge hmm saas is all about b2b applications hmm. so if we can transform this b2b domain knowledge that is present adjacent in our ecosystem which no other ecosystem has hmm. right and then transform them into building saas products and this is the true opportunity for us to actually build uh, the product nation or the saas nation that we uh, that we envisioned originally when we started uh, all of this uh, contribution right uh, volunteering work. so we felt hmm. uh, we need to double down on it and that's why uh, saas bhumi which is like another name for saas nation actually right yeah. so so came in and uh, um there is a lot of people i just mentioned few names there is a whole host of people anish from capillary you know pallav from fusion charge uh, meaning i am uh, ankit uh, from ad push up i don't want to miss out names uh, but uh, the idea yeah, yeah. yeah. so still a lot a lot of people like there are at least some 50 volunteers uh, like press and uh, there's a lot of people from capillary technologies from microsoft um, you know so many people are contributing to make uh, saas bhumi uh, the community that is required to make india the saas nation right so that we are very very excited about i think even today there was a huge uh, webinar uh, we we ran for the saas founders uh, mm. to educate them on uh, the impact of covid and how to stay afloat and how to get through this successfully so so we are very very passionate about doing this uh, thrilled <laughs> <laughs> no suresh uh, thank you so much for spending this time it is uh, a great uh, learning journey uh, you know just looking at your experience in building uh, kiss flow and orange scape and building the bigger community so god speed with everything you do and i uh, stay safe and stay amazing uh, the way you are thank you thank you pangaj it was fun talking to you as usual and uh, you know you also stay safe and uh, i hope all of us get through this uh, c19 successfully in few weeks from now okay thank you very yes. much it was fun, fun talking to you bye bye